This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome back to the Hammers Unrestricted Podcast. A great performance on Monday as the boys won at Turf Moor for the first time since May 2017. It keeps us well in the hunt for the top four and further solidifies our push for Europe. Jimmy's here to discuss it with me. What did you make of the performance, Jimbo? Oh, it was a great performance. First off, I'd want to shout out the West Ham physio team once again, getting our boys Aaron Cresswell and Antonio fit. What a blessing them two were. And yeah, great three points. A surprise for everyone really seeing Antonio back on the team. I guess with the social media blackout. We weren't really uh, sure what to expect. It was massive having him back though, wasn't it? It makes a huge difference playing with a number nine. I know it's it's fine when we experiment with Lingard up there, but it just brings something different when you have a natural sort of out-and-out striker when he can play that role. And like we saw, he can make runs, score goals that others may not. So, yeah, it was great to see Antonio back in the side. You say natural. Did you watch his interview after the game? I did not. No, he was um, he was talking to it was Carragher and uh, Henri talking about how he's made his transition from a winger to a striker, similar to what Henri did. And he said that he um, he didn't actually like it at first. He didn't like being a striker. He really couldn't get the grips of it. But yeah, twenty three goal contributions in his last twenty seven games to West Ham, seventeen goals and six assists. He's he's really really come on from that you know clunky winger who all right, he was a pace merchant, very powerful, but he's really developed into this like, clinical striker, isn't he? And he's saved us a lot of money in the market. Well, like you said, it, it probably didn't come natural to him. Uh, he just wanted to get the ball out wide, have a load of space in front of him, run into it, knock it round a man and just run into a space. He says it wasn't easy. He's made it look easy at times because I think he's just slotted in so quickly. I don't remember there being a huge adjustment period. I don't remember him missing howlers, um, I know we, there was one today where he's just come off the inside of his leg. But, yeah. I mean, I, I think he's adjusted to the position really well, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, quality to have him back, as you say, and Aaron Cresswell. Just talking about the lineup in general. So, I think I, I sent you the lineup, didn't I? Really, I wasn't happy with Lanzini being in there, to be honest with you. Because the last few times he's played for us this season, he's not really, not really been at it. And I, I had a chat with someone about it the other day. I can't think of who it was, but. I said, I feel like he's done. I feel like his time at West Ham's pretty much over. I don't feel like he's got much to offer anymore. But playing as like that deep-lying playmaker, it was just quality, wasn't it? Just controlled the game. Well, as much as we praise Lanzini, I'm going to praise David Moyes on that one. David Moyes, I feel like he banked on that being a high-attacking, energetic game. And Lanzini just suits that more. And I suppose if you're going to have more possession, you're going to want people who can move the ball forward, break the lines. And Lanzini, he showed that. 95% of the passes were completed properly. 18 final third passes. He regained possession 13 times. Uh, three long passes attempted. Three long passes completed. And he created one chance. So, like we said, that deeper line play, which you don't normally see him playing that deep, but he showed that he was able to win possession back as well. And he's not really known for doing the dirty work and getting stuck in. It's more like a finale sort of role. I said to my dad... Um, I'd much rather have had Fennell's playing in there, I think. But really proved me wrong. I thought he was excellent. We we both did our predictions last week. Um, score predictions. I think you called it 2-1, to be fair to you. I think you said that. I think I said 3-1 to be different. 
Uh, we both knew Chris Wood was going to score, didn't we? Uh, you could see it coming. Uh, the hoodoo's back. If you need a goal or you're backing yourself to get a goal, you're going to get, get it against West Ham. Uh, I mean, that first goal, I know it's Suchek who makes the foul, but he's made Diop look like a bit of a mug there. He's rinsed him. He, he's got the ball in the box. I mean, from Suchek, it's clumsy, but he's really just cleaning up Diop's mess. He shouldn't have allowed it to happen. I understand, you know, with silky strikers, they can get round you. But it is Chris Wood. It's not what he's known for. No disrespect. I know he's a bagsman. Yeah. But I wouldn't be expecting you to put it over your head in the six-yard box. What was it? You said six and seven he got against us, didn't he? So what's that, seven and eight now? I suppose, yeah, seven and eight now. Yeah, loves it against West Ham. Not a bad um, return. Even going one nil down, I didn't really, um, I wasn't really concerned. There was something about the lineup that didn't sit right with me. I don't know why. I just, I think seeing Antonio being back in the 11 first of all, normally he needs two or three games, doesn't he, to get going. Like, I think that's fair to say. Like With a muscular injury as well, you don't want to see him go sprinting after a ball, do you? So you're thinking he's probably not going to be putting himself about as much. And sometimes he, he could have just been there as a statement or as a, you know, just as a sort of threat rather than actually being able to have an effect on the game. But I thought he was great. And uh, sorry, the point I was making is I, I wasn't concerned we went 1-0 down. Um, I remember Leeds, uh, we went 1-0 down to a penalty uh, earlier in the season at Ellen Road. We went 1-0 down away to Palace as well, which, you know, Leeds, Palace, Burnley, three games, for example, that we would have thrown away last season, but just had the confidence we were going to turn it around as well. I thought like we haven't really started going yet in the game, but, you know, we had the players on the pitch and like you said, fair play to Moisey for picking the attacking players, but, I just wasn't really concerned at any point. I was confident, and that's not something you normally get as a West Ham fan, is it? You've just got to have a little bit of faith in the boys. They've shown it time and time again that they can pull something special out of the bag. And you know what? Burnley getting that early goal, you'd imagine with sit back. Turf more, they're going to make it hard. Um, but like you said, we had a lot of attacking talent on the pitch. I thought Ben Rumble was better than his previous performances. And like you said, Lanzini coming in, adding that bit of attacking flair. And yeah, it all, it all worked. You mentioned uh, Ben Rama, class. Like, he was really good. For first half in particular, he was really good. Some stats again for you. 100% successful take-ons in the first half. 95% passes completed properly. 11 final third passes attempted. 10 of those were completed, which isn't bad going. He created two chances, got an assist and one-one foul. Um, me and you have been critical of him. In recent weeks, um, the Arsenal game in particular, he deserved it because he, he did let us down defensively. But given the licence to get forward in this game, where you haven't got the players that Arsenal have got that are going to come back and hurt you, I thought it was excellent. And it's the sort of game that he, he needed. He needed that sort to get his confidence back. And even more impressive when you see he was fasting for the first 35 minutes of the half as well. Well, like you said, we're, I felt like I was a bit of, bit of a conundrum with him at the moment. Uh, I'm looking at previous wingers that we've had. I thought, honestly, when we signed Felipe Anderson, I thought he made a bigger instant impact than Ben Rama. So now I'm comparing him and I'm thinking, is he going to make it? But you cannot deny his natural ability. You can't deny it. The way he brings the ball forward, his passing range, his technical skill, you can't deny it. So hopefully it's only just a matter of time before these things click. And he just needs that little bit of confidence. You could see that one where it was a cross come shot. Antonio just misses it. And you could see how much it sort of meant to him that he just didn't get that goal. And hopefully if one or two things fall his way, then maybe he can start turning it around. And I feel next year, if we are in Champions League, Europa League, I know Europa League's looking more likely at the moment. 
what a player to have, Ben Rama. I'm sure he could really shake things up in that. And maybe we could see the best of him next year. I'm not really bothered about him not scoring. Like, I know we obviously want him to get a goal. And you, having scored 17 times last season in the Championship, you expect him to come up and score a few goals. But Moyes is a different manager to Thomas Frank. And they do play a different style of play. And you know, Moyes is more demanding defensively. So he's got to have time to adapt to the league. As I say, it takes play, it takes some players longer than others. Um, but he's still picked up some assists for us this year. I can think of three off the top of my head where he's got us to three points. So Fulham at home, Aston Villa at home, and even the game the other night, he's, he's got three assists there that have won us games, 1-0, 2-2-1. So, you know, let's not write him off altogether. I know we've you know had a pop at him over the last couple of weeks, but... Is showing like like you said his natural ability, the way he goes round players as well, like some of the dribbling he does and the skills he throws about, like it'll come good. I think he just needs a needs a bit more time. Another player though who has had a massive impact this season is uh, Vladimir Sufal. He was quality the other night, a cracking assist for the first goal as well. Um, Jim, being a creative and a goal scoring right back yourself, what did you make of his performance? I mean, uh, the cross that he puts in. Is inch perfect. Love to see that. And I feel like he strikes a perfect balance whether he plays right wing back or right back or providing defensive cover and going forward. And he adjusts, he can go in between each role perfectly. So for me, he's the perfect right back, wing back. He's got that position on lock. Uh, I can't see Fredericks or Johnson even pressing him. When he's fit, he plays. And we haven't had that for so long. I mean, I'm trying, you could list the comical amount of right backs we've gone through yeah I'd just love to see it he, he, you know what you're getting with him like we say it's 8 out of 10 every week and he is a quality operator I'm not sure if you agree but Lingard um, something not quite right this week just wasn't really at it for me what was happening when he was scoring all these goals he was outperforming his expected goals and I know you don't like expected goals but I mean yeah. everything he struck was going in. So I think what we're seeing is not sort of a tail off. I just think you can't sustain that form forever. Like Ian Acho at Leicester, that's not sustainable. It's eventually going to have to level out. And now we're really going to see the type of player he is or what level he can go to. I think he has that in the locker, but you know, to do it over a season, half a season, it takes a lot. So I, I wouldn't be too concerned about it. We know he's putting in a load of effort and he's got wicked talent so I'm not too concerned about it but I think his goals and assists were always going to sort of fall off slightly as long as he's making attacking contributions to the team I'm happy yeah like, I, I do think he played well genuinely like watching it I, he wasn't he wasn't himself in the sense that he's been very effective in picking up the ball and driving us up the pitch but I suppose when teams sit deeper, um, he's not going to have a chance to actually drive at them as much. But he's he's still playing that he's playing the pass before the assist to both goals as well. He's uh, Fanals wins the ball back for the first goal, gives it to Lingard who plays it so far for the cross, and then he's also put the put the ball across to uh, Ben Rama, who's put that quality ball in for Antonio's second. So I do think he had a good game, but you normally you see him have a couple of shots as well. You just see him sort of drive a goal a bit more and. Didn't quite see that. Maybe he was burnt out a little bit. I don't know. But it's good in the sense that if he isn't performing, like people forget, I think, that we had a good season before he, he he joined. Like we were still very much in and around the top four before he signed for us in January, January February. So when he came in and he's had that amazing start, who which has, I think we would have slipped away without him. 
genuinely, I think we would have done, but he's obviously kept us up there. But it's nice that we've had players like your Ben Ramas, Lanzini, Fornells, we will probably get on to, uh, Antonio, obviously, who have sort of just shown we're still here and you know, we're still the reason why we're doing so well this season. Um, I did mention Fornells just now. I thought he was excellent. And he's someone who, I'll admit, last season when we signed him, he didn't take to the league very well at first. He, he was a bit slow. He got caught out of possession quite a lot. But he's always run. He's always put the effort in. I love him. I think he might be my favourite player at the minute, genuinely, because he's just brilliant, doesn't stop running. I couldn't tell you how many times he won possession, and I wish I had that stat, because the amount of times you see him nicking the ball back, even for the first goal, wasn't it? Do you, have you changed your mind I, on him? I'll make it clear. I wasn't sold on him initially. Uh, I thought he was meant to be the traditional number 10, David Silva type, um, break the defensive line with an intricate reverse pass. That's what I thought we were signing, okay? And we haven't got that. I don't think he has that just edge in the final third to really split a defence in half. But like you mentioned, what he does have is just work rate. And now he's in a system where his work rate is so crucial, Dan, uh, well, wherever he plays, I say that I was going to say the left side, but he can play on either flank. He can play in that cam role. And like you said, maybe if Lanzini can play in a deep role, he can play there. So he's very versatile and that hard work. And he does, he does. I'm not going to disrespect him. He's got a lot of technical ability. He can pass the ball. I'm not going to say that. And I know he's bagged a few goals. I remember yeah, the one yeah. at Liverpool just off my head. Yeah, I, he, he's a lot better. He's grown on me. Let's just say that. He's, he's very much grown on me. In terms of goals, I think he's a good first-time finisher. Like I think you said, the one one at Liverpool, um, the one at Wolves as well, was class, I think, where he cut across it into the far corner. I think when he's got too much time in the box is when he sort of fluffed his lines a little bit. Like He, he dragged one, didn't he, to uh, to Antonio that you'd sort of hit on earlier on where he could have got his hat-trick. But that's Antonio in a nutshell, isn't it, missing that one? Well, I mean, he's, he's not Harry Kane in a box. He's not Sergio Aguero in a box. He's not ever going to be that type of striker, but you know what I mean? Everyone knows one, they've been in a game of Antonio at the end of it and that's all you can ask. All we ask for really is just 100% dedication up top and that is what Antonio is going to give you. Um, one more mention of play. I, we don't normally do this. We don't normally go for individual players, but I feel like it was just such a strong performance from the team. It's been the first time in a couple of weeks where we've actually had a good performance to sort of sit back and analyse in a bit of detail. So it's been nice to actually... Um, give a bit of praise to a few of the players. You mentioned Diop earlier, um, cocking up, and I believe there was a second opportunity um, where Dawson got him out of trouble, didn't he? So I just want to pick up on Dawson, actually. Um, I feel like he was, it was a game made for him. I think we said this last week, it was going to be a more of a physical battle rather than having any tricky, you know, players running that you're trying to do any skill. Burnley are very much what you see, what you get, and not saying long ball, but they're very direct, aren't they? And I feel like it just suited him really well. It was good to see him putting a good performance, wasn't it? Yeah, it was nice. I know he hasn't had the best four weeks. And it's funny you mentioned Craig Dawson. I was watching a podcast, I can't remember which one, with Ben Foster in it. And he had him in his all-time best X11. And he didn't say anything too special about him. He goes, you know exactly what you're going to get with him. If the ball's in the air, he's there to be won, he's going to win it. If he needs to kick it 40 yards, he's going to kick it. You know exactly what you're going to get with him. And sometimes simple is just best. And yeah, he... He's not fancy at all. He reminds me a little bit of Johnny Evans at Leicester. He sort of um, does the simple things well. Maybe doesn't get all the plaudits he should because mm. I think he is a good defender. 
Um, but yeah, it's just good to see him do a solid performance today. I know he's had a few rough weeks, um, but yeah, we know he's got that in the locker. Overall, though, uh, good performance. It's a shame we didn't score more goals, considering that we had, I think it was 22 shots at goal we had in the end. So it's a shame that we didn't put a couple more in, but you know what, mate? At this point of the season, three points is three points. And it keeps us in fifth, keeps us well in the hunt for the top four. Uh, three points off of Chelsea. We've got a tough run in, by the way. I know we spoke about this last week, so we don't have to go into it in too much detail. But no, yeah, just nice to um, to see a good performance and to see that we're not we're not bottling it, that we're still in there. This is this was the fear I had a few weeks ago that we get to this point of the season we start to fall away. But I feel like there's such confidence in the team now. I feel like there's just such a such a, a want for this, a, a desire to to finish as high as we can, and we're still in there. We could still come top four. Let's look ahead to the summer. Um, it's been a cracking season, as we've touched upon a couple of times now. It's no secret that we've got a bit of a paper-thin squad. I think that's shown in the last couple of weeks with some of the big injuries that we've had. Uh, despite that, we're still doing quite well. We're still hanging in there. Jim, he's got £70 million, right? Um, let's just say that the owners lose their minds and they want to back us to the moon this summer. £70 million quid. Who are you going to bring in and why? And where do you think we need to strengthen? First man that I'm bringing in is Jesse Lingard. The resume, everything he's done at West Ham. That's simple. That is the first name we need to get in the door for me. We're not in the strongest position because uh, I think he's got a year or two left uh, at Man United and he's really played well. And like we said, we were joking around a few weeks ago, every goal he scores, he's had more value to him. But I think he's crucial. If we have any hopes of Europa League aspirations, Champions League, we're going to need him. And he's got experience at that level. I like we, we can joke around about his United career, but he was always playing in European competitions. Okay. Mm. And he's played in international tournaments. He played in semi-finals of World Cups. Like, let's not forget that. We're gonna need experience like that. So that is first of all the first man. He's top of my list of I'm David Boys. How much are you spending on him? How much can we get him for? Well, of course, I do not back the Dildo brothers to do good business. So the the, the numbers that's been floated, I mean, I've heard 20, I've heard 25, I've heard 30, I've heard 35. So I don't have a clue what his actual value is. But he's a 28-year-old. We can't spend too much on him, in my opinion. I think it's got to be 25, 30 max. For me, we cannot be paying 35 and 40. That's too much. And I think that will hamper my second signing if we pay that. So that's where I draw the line. Okay, I'm going to agree with this first signing. Um, can't knock, can you really? Let's be honest. I think 20 to 25 million. I think anything over 25 million, you've got to look elsewhere. And that's difficult to, to say that. But I think he wants to move. I think you can see how much he's enjoying his football and you know, the lack of opportunity he was getting at United. Um, I can't really say. If, I think you've hit the nail on the head, mate, to be honest. Um, second signing, who are you going for and why? Second signing, I'm going for up top, Tammy Abraham. That's who I'd like to see. Uh, if he comes available, I know we've mentioned him actually in the first episode of this pod. I think he ticks all the bills. He's a London boy. He knows how to score. I think he's still one of Chelsea's top goal scorers this year in limited minutes. I think he'd fit our system so well. I think Antonio's versatile that he doesn't need to be dropped for Tammy. I think he can play alongside Tammy, maybe on the right-hand side. He's done it throughout his career. And what a goal threat that would be. I think... I know that's more um, ambitious because I've seen strong rumours that being 40 million. And this is mm. where uh, what we pay for Lingard 
is crucial for me. If you want to back that signing, we can't we can't be spending too much, maybe an extra five, 10 million on Lingard if we're going to get Tammy over the line. Uh, he's still got a few years in his contract. I know that, Tammy. Uh, he's a hot commodity. He's being linked with Villa, which I find odd because I thought Ollie Watkins has just come in with, for big money. I know he used to play there, but I still think, can they play alongside each other? I think that's a big, big question there. Um, but yeah, that's who I'd ideally want as my second choice. I, th- I think the Villa link's just lazy journalism. I think that's just a, it's an easy link to make, isn't it? Because like you said, he's he's played there before. Um, I f- you know, I'm a fan. Uh, I think he's great, and I can't understand really the 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 treatment he's had at Chelsea. I think Werner's obviously coming on a bit better now, um, so I can understand why he's not starting games. But to not even be you know in the squad in the beginning, I think it's just criminal. And I think again, you, you've you've uh, ticked all the boxes there. I think he's um, He's exactly what we need. He's young, he's English. Um, he's played in the Champions League already and he's scored goals in the Champions League. You know, he's, he's obviously hungry as well. He's a London boy, like you say. I'm just sort of repeating you here. So, no, I agree again. Um, I think the other option is obviously Ivan Tony. But the more I see the links, the higher I'm seeing the price going in. I was seeing 25 million at one point, which I thought was actually quite a good price. Um, I'm seeing 35 today. I saw that reported in the Sun, so you know, make of that what you will. I saw that on BBC. Um, yeah, I think Abraham's the man. I'd I'd have him over Tony definitely. All right, so you've spent the rounds. Well, you've, you've nearly done the budget, mate. So your third signing better be good. Look, I know I've spent a lot of money there. Um, so then I thought, you know what? When I'm in desperate need of a bargain, where do I look? I look Slavia Prague these days. I'm going to Czech Republic, <laughs> and I've searched up a few sentiments there. And his name is oh. Thomas Holes. Uh, he's got good stats, uh, but I know how well they've done in Europa League this year. And I feel like it's more important to get the money up top and in Lingard because we've got a set duo, Thomas Suchek and Declan Rice. So this man is going to have to play second fiddle to that in the Prem and he's going to be Europa League. So I think that's very important to know about the role. All right, I've got some questions then about Thomas Holes. What's his stats like this season? Look, that's what I'm going off. It's, he's got good stats. Um, so in the league, he's made 22 appearances. From deep line centre mid, he's got five goals and three assists. Uh, he's got nine games in Europa League this year with goal and assist as well. So they're not bad stats. He'll be under £5 million, maybe £5 million with the Premier League tax. I think it'd be a good signing. And like I mentioned, they're going to have to rival Thomas Suchek and Declan Rice. So we're not going for a starter here. We need to bulk out the squad because Mark Noble, he's going to see a lot more game time next year. In the Europa League, he might get exposed. So I think that's, those are the most important positions and that's how I distribute the money. So if I had three, that's what I'd go with. I agree we need a centre midfielder. I agree that we should bring in Lingard and we, we need a good striker. We need to reinvest that money from Haller. So thinking about it, if they're giving you a 70 million kitty, do you get the 20 million on top from Hello? Or is this 50 million plus Hello money? Do we are we just Well, in my head, I have just plucked this number out of the air. This is what I'd like to spend. Um, I know it's a COVID restriction. It's fair market. Enough. I'm not sure sh- we're not sure how much money we do have, and that's a that could be another talking point in itself because yeah. I know everyone's gonna be tightening the purse strings uh this summer. So I just hope that we can reinvest because I do really think it is important. 
as we go forward into Euro- European League or Europa League or um, Champions League, that we just don't rest on our laurels. We don't just play the same team. I mean, this doesn't happen every year. So we need to sort of grab this opportunity. And I just hope they go for it, really. We had this chat the other day with Daryl. I don't know if you remember because you battered, but we spoke about um, about strengthening in the back line. And I made the point that that's a job for next summer. I think we'll be okay this season. We have got an aging back line, which we spoke about many times, but I think that's a job for next year. So absolutely agree. We need to bring in Lingard. We need to bring in a striker. We need to get another centre midfielder. Although Lanzini has just, it, with his performance the other night, didn't know he had that in the locker to be able to play that deep line. So, you know, maybe that's something to look at as well. You could even sign him up to a new deal instead of letting him go. Um, but no, overall, I agree. I think you've um, you've done well there, mate. Do you not want to do your three? To be honest, I don't think I can... I think you've done well there. I don't think I can really... I don't think I disagree with any of it. You, you know where we need to strengthen, which we spoke about this before anyway. Like we need another striker. We need a centre midfielder. Lingard signing is essential if we're going to play in Europe. So... No, yeah, I agree. I don't. I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, I think I, the money distribution was fair as well. Like, yeah, I think they'll be they'll be cautious to spend big because of what happened yeah. with Pellegrini. But Moyes has done well with the with the two windows, the three windows that he's had. So he's brought in Suchek, he's brought in uh, Sufal, Bowen, Ben Rama. Um, I'm probably missing somebody else out. Dawson. Lingard even like he's done well by bringing these players in so I think you should be trusted with a big buzzer so let's look ahead to the uh, clash this weekend we host Everton in the Premier League um, six points separate the two sides at the moment they do have a game in hand on us we're looking to make it our first league double over Everton since the 72-73 season after our 1-0 win in the reverse fixture at Goodison Park. Uh, it wasn't a great game from what I can remember. A late Suchek winner giving us all three points. What are your thoughts on the match, Jim, this weekend? Well, I mean, just looking at our running, this is by far the hardest game. I still think Everton, even though they're uh, six points adrift from us, they've got a game in hand and they'll be pushing for the European spots. Um, so this is, in my opinion, the hardest game of the running. I'm so glad that we have a few of our boys back uh, from injury uh, at this crucial time. Um, but yeah, I, I back us, uh, given the current form. Uh, Antonio's on fire. I think Calvert-Lewin, he goes through dry spells now and then. He's only got two in his last seven. Uh, he's always a threat, but I'm not overly fearful. Of course, you have to respect him because he is a great finisher. But you know... Everton weren't the force that we thought they were going to be at the start of the year. I remember they had that um, free midfield. You had Rodriguez, Allen and Decore. And through injury and other things, they haven't actually played that much this year. And their sort of season has really been up and down. Um, so like I said, we have to respect Everton. I think they're the hardest game in the running. Um, but I'd still back us to get the three points. Yeah, I agree with you, really. Good side, good manager. Um, I, I'm going to say I fancy us. I don't often fancy us, but I, I just do it a minute. I feel like you. I think first of all, you you can't really change the team, can you? Like you can't, you can't really make any changes to that eleven from the weekend. You're gonna have players that are gonna be really confident, like your Lanzini, your Ben Ramas. Um, the majority of the team doesn't get touched anyway. They're the main two that you'd probably really be thinking of. I don't want to see Noble come back in. I really don't want to see that. Like not at home either. I want 
I want to see us attack them. I want to see us try and put them on the back foot. And I do feel like they're there for the taking. I know I, 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 I boldly predicted they were going to get top four. And do I regret it? Yeah. But I just feel like with this game, there's so much riding on it. But I saw so much from the players the other night in terms of confidence that I do fancy us to get a result. With regards to team news, um, I saw Xbot on Twitter that Rice is likely to miss this game. Um, he's probably going to be back for the Brighton game, which I don't think is a bad thing, really. I'd rather have him back for that than this game because, as I said, you've got the players that played well the other night, although they didn't score many goals. But there's a confident group of players there that can go out and do a job here. I'm, I'm, I'm confident of that, personally. Um, just having a look at Mark Lawrenson's predictions on the BBC. I don't know if he would do this. He predicts every week, doesn't he? Um, he's got us down for 2-0, which he never backs us, ever. Looking at his table now, his predicted table, we'd be 13th in the table. We'd have won 10 games all season and we'd have a minus eight goal difference. So make of that what you will. I know he's not biased or anything. Can I get a score prediction from you? Uh, I think we're going to concede. I think, I think it's going to be another 2-1. I think we've got goals in us. I think we do look vulnerable at the back sometimes. But like I mentioned, even with, we haven't actually mentioned today Aaron Craswell much. Um, he does provide a lot going forward, even if he's overlapping runs. Another week under his belt with fitness. That'd be perfect. Hopefully, Antonio's been on the ice all week. Um, but yeah, I do feel like we've got a bit of flair about us. And I think we can get a few goals against Everton. Because, look, they, they conceded two against Villa. It wasn't the best side. Um, just with your point about Lanzini, I think it's very interesting if he'll start or not. Because they're two very different games. We know we're going to have more possession against the types of Westwood and Cork in the middle. But the types of players that he's going to be up against, your Allens, your Andre Gomez's, Sigurdsson's, they're a bit more crafty. So I think it's really going to be interesting if Lanzini starts this week. But if he does, wish him all the best. And yeah, I hope we get those three points. Just having a look at their form as well. They've won once in the Premier League in the last seven games. So they've lost to Chelsea. They've lost at home to Burnley. We made look easy the other night. They've drawn with Crystal Palace, who aren't great. They've drawn with Brighton. They drew with Spurs. They beat Arsenal. They did lose to Aston Villa without Jack Grealish in their last game. There's just something about this game that's telling me we're going to get a result and keep up our push, I guess, for the top four. Well, that's about all we've got time for this week on the Hammers Unrestricted podcast. It's been nice to review us uh, picking up three points again. Hoping for more of the same this weekend. Any last words from you, Jimbo? I'm just hoping for that big win against Everton. Come on, you Irons. And we'll catch you all next week for another episode of Hammers Unrestricted. Unrestricted.